I'm Robbie McDonald. And I'm Jordan Lee. We're two writers who've been friends for 15 years. Recently, we both discovered we have the shared experience of figuring out we have ADHD in midlife. Holy Shit, I Have ADHD is a platform for adults discovering their neurodivergence, as well as a way to spread awareness of ADHD. This is a podcast about ADHD, hosted by two people with ADHD. While each episode has a general theme, our meandering trains of thought mean we often cover several other themes in the process. We are not experts, simply two people sharing their experiences of discovering their ADHD in midlife. If you suspect you or someone you know may have ADHD, speaking to a medical professional should be part of your discovery journey. I feel like I haven't seen you in so long. It has been forever. It really has. Yeah, we've been all over the place lately because I was away and then I had COVID and yeah, it's been a lot. You look nice, though. Thank you. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm doing not great these days, but uh, I'm, I'm more interested in hearing about your past month right now. Um, okay, so... Uh, or, or how long has it actually been? It's been, what, over a month, maybe, since I, we sat down? I think so, yeah, because yeah. the last one, when I was sharing my too-much-information story about some health stuff and my little meltdown outside of a clinic... Um, but yeah, since yeah, that was May May second. The last one went out, so it has been over a month since we sat down with each other, which is wow. wild. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's why it feels like we almost have to get to know each other again. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, what's been going on is I think I may have mentioned this before, but Osvaldo had a show in Buffalo, so we decided we'd make it a little holiday because you know neither of us had been on a plane since the before times, and and then it was kind of like. Um, there's no direct flights to Buffalo, so I can't handle sitting in O'Hare. Like, that's where the layover was, and I hate O'Hare Airport. Mm. So I just knew I wouldn't be able to do it. So we said, okay, right. well, let's meet in Montreal because it's not too far, and then I can see kind of where his MS, like his kind of his origin story a little bit, like where he did his MFA and some of his old friends. And then my older sister, Heather, um, bought a house in Barrie, which is outside of Sherbrooke. Um, her, they, they lived in Quebec for years, so... And so um, we decided we'll go to Montreal, hang out, and that was great. And then um, we'll go hang out with my sister and then meet her whole brood because she has three right. kids and six grandkids. So it was going to be amazing. Wow. Um, and then so we get to this enormous house they have out in this like enclave, English speaking enclave, like out in the countryside. Beautiful, beautiful place. And she's renovating and it's super fun. And then the day before we went there, um, Osvaldo took me to this place and it's called Boda Boda and it's actually a spa mm. on a boat in the canal in old Montreal. It's this really funky, wow. cool joint. Um, and everything was neat except there was parts of it that were kind of weird because they had just kind of taken down their mass mandates and I think they had increased the number of people on the boat. So I was feeling a little bit like there's maybe more people than I would like. Um, mm-hmm. And at one point I looked out and there's, they have these big jacuzzis out on the deck of the boat and it's neat, right? Cause of the water's right sure. there. It's really cool. Um, and I look out at one point as well, there's a jacuzzi there's like 10 other people. And I was like, Ugh. it just made me kind of feel, Oh dear. Um, and then the next day he's like, my throat feels a little funny. And I was like, Hmm, okay, well let's keep an eye on it. And then the day we were only supposed to stay with my sister for like two days the day we were supposed to fly back, he's like, I don't feel good. And then he, yeah. ju- he just got really, really sick. We were so lucky because my sister was like, stay with us as long as you need. And so he basically quarantined. They have this huge loft space on this part of this like 
enormous old house. So he just kind of slept and licked his wounds. And I hung out with my sister, helped her with the garden. That part was really lovely. And I was feeling really good. And her husband, Leon, had had it about a month before. So he was recovered and he was fine. She hadn't had it yet. She's like, I think I'm okay. And then like day three, she's like, "Eh." and I'm like, fuck. So now my sister's getting it. Um, But then she was like, no, I'm okay. And and I was feeling fine. And I was like, wow, this is one of those rare times in life where I don't get the plague when everyone else gets right. it. I'm usually so susceptible. And I was like, okay, cool. So we went through this whole ordeal of having to get, we had to pay for another flight home because Oswaldo didn't know when you book with Expedia, they have a zero refund policy. So oh. even though even though we had tested for COVID, even though we were doing the right thing, they couldn't give us a refund. So we were out that money, which sucked. Um, but then... We decided, okay, so the following Wednesday, he's in the clear. He's feeling good. I don't have any symptoms. Let's get on a fucking plane to get home. So we get on the plane, and somewhere over Saskatchewan, my nose just opens up, just starts running. I've got, like, a sore throat, and I'm like, fuck. Like, with my mask on, thinking, this is it, right? And sure enough, like, we get off the plane. There's delays. There's issues. It's fine. We get on the SkyTrain. It's pushing 1 o'clock in the morning, and... Somebody at Marine Drive Station, which is about halfway home from downtown, tries to push his way onto the SkyTrain. And people are like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're going to hurt your arm, right? And so people are trying to get him out and everything. And then he proceeds to have a complete meltdown on the platform and then jumps onto the tracks. He's circling the SkyTrain. He's yelling. He's not okay. He's got his shirt off. He's having a crisis. Cops just come out of, like, everywhere. They're swarming. All the SkyTrain is shut down and everything. We can't get home because the buses that they've brought to bring us home can't go underneath the bridge because they're he's suicidal at this point. He's right. going to harm himself. So um, we got into a lift and we got home. And then I checked the news the following morning, and they were finally able to get him to safety at around 7 o'clock in the morning. But Oh, wow. I was really worried. I mean... This is awful, but he was a white man, so I wasn't that worried they were going to shoot him, even though some of them had guns drawn. I was just more worried that it was going to get, like they were going to tase him or do something awful, and they didn't do that, thank goodness. Um, But a lot of people, myself included, I was like, I've got rivers of phlegm coming down my nose, and we're on this cruise, (laughs) and I'm like, I don't want to get anyone sick. Yeah. and then we got home, and then I just like crawled into bed. I was supposed to have a couple meetings the following day. I made it halfway through one meeting, and then I went to bed for three days. Um, I thought I had appendicitis at one point. It nailed oh, me. Oh wow! It Jesus. nailed me in my stomach. Um, it totally fucked my cognitive capacities. I couldn't even answer an email. I was just a wreck for three, four days, wow. and then um, it started to lift. Um, and thank goodness the the phlegm parade finally stopped. Um, and then now, this is almost two weeks now, and I'm starting to feel like I'm good. Uh, yeah. I was really amazed at what it did to my brain. I mean, my brain's already Swiss cheese on some days, but this was like, and my, my brother-in-law said the same thing. He's a university professor, and he was like, I couldn't, I couldn't, just for three days, I couldn't think. And it just does that. Right. It just like scrambles your brain up. Um, so yeah, that was that. Um, and so, yeah, apologies, everybody listening, uh, for not uh, recording more, but I was, uh, I was coping with the plague and, um, yeah, but I'm better. 
I'm you don't better. need to make apologies. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm very, very glad to hear you're, you're doing better. And, and yeah, it certainly sounds like your, your cognitive uh, faculties are back in full. So glad to hear and see that as well. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. And the other big news, of course, uh, just before we started recording, I have adopted, mm-hmm. we have adopted a beautiful little, I guess she's kind of like a, a boxmation. She's a mix of Dalmatian, Boxer, and Pitbull. She's a rescue dog. Mm. Um, we've nicknamed her Chula, which is like a Salvadorian slang for gorgeous, like, because she is. She's a nice. gorgeous little creature. Um, she arrived to us in the middle of the night because there was delays getting her across the border. Um, and she has just been, she's been a little love bug ever since. She's got a bark that sounds like a Rottweiler. Like, she's small. Oh, yeah? Wow. She doesn't bark much, but when she barks, she's like, I'm tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's sleeping at my feet right now, and I'm just so thrilled to have her. Aww. And she's got me out more, like, which is good. I have to go for a minimum of three walks sure. a day now, which I think is good for my brain, too, um, to just get out and focus. Good for my body. Good for my health in general. Mm-hmm. Anyway, enough about nice. me. What's going on with you, Jordan Lane? You saying you're not feeling so hot? Uh, yeah, it's just um, honestly the the last month and change has been a struggle for me. Um, just feeling really low with depression and stuff. Mm. Um, and then and then yeah, um, I just uh, unfortunately a friend of mine passed away last week, oh. uh, and so that that's been honestly a lot um because he's like right around my age he was like 41 and you know someone who was a a a pillar of our our improv group and our kind of comedy community and so that was really yeah it was it's 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 fucked me up i'm not gonna lie like it's it's really really sad and uh it really kind of didn't i don't feel like it really kind of hit me in full until uh until monday morning um you know, I, I just kind of been in shock for the few days previous, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, so that's, I'm just, that's kind of a lot and it's not really directly to do with me. Um, mm. but yeah, it's just, it's just kind of, uh, yeah, it was, it was just very, very sad and, and, you know, I've, I've, I've been to more funerals and memorials than I would like to have during the last couple of years. And that's, but again, that's, it's not, it's not about me. <laughs> Yeah, so. but that grief is real, and it's, oh, yeah. it's yep. mixed in with all the other griefs that you've had to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. Like the pandemic being the more, you know, sort of like collective one, and other things that have been going on in your life, and the job loss and everything. It's so much, right? Um, and I, like I, I know I say this all the time, but I don't think anybody's doing that hot right now. You know, and no, just, no. And I, and I know that that's the case, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's a small comfort to know that everybody else's life sucks right now too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all suffer collectively. This is fucking awesome. <laughs> well, you know, it, 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 if the idea is that like, um, uh, if, if, if misery is like jam and the thinner you spread it, uh, uh, the less you notice the flavor, um, maybe, maybe that's a good way of kind of dealing with it. But, uh, yeah, sometimes I don't know. I just, I, I feel like I feel like um, I feel like I've been a bit of a storm cloud uh, lately. I'm not my usual kind of chipper self, uh, you know, and I'm just like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not like looking to start conflicts or anything, but I'm also mm. noticing that I'm not conflict averse. <laughs> um, and that's like, that's, I don't know that, that, that to me, we've talked about this very, very, very early on, but kind of the last time when I felt like this, I knew ex post facto that I was obviously very depressed. Um, Uh, 
that was the uh, the uh, oh no you know what we haven't actually talked about this this is something that we've been supposed to talk about for a long time now which is we never talked about that uh, we never talked about the road rage episode we were going to do at one point oh my goodness um, yes but yeah I, I have a, a funny story that'll that'll uh, come out on that one that kind of links in with this but all of this is to say uh, uh, it's easy to recognize um yourself to be depressed when you're acting out of character mm-hmm. um and yeah and i'm just kind of like noticing that that same feeling of just kind of like yeah just 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 feeling like like nothing's important <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what i mean like like just kind of yeah and that's unfortunately not a healthy way to feel and i'm trying to get past that but um yeah it's it's just it's just been a it's been a struggle uh lately for me it's just it's just tough so yeah, yeah. i'm sorry but that's fucking <laughs> hard man um yeah and yeah, the depression thing, I've been kind of up and down with it too. Being sick always does that. Um, and I sure. ran out of the bupropion because I thought I had mm. a longer prescription. And when I tried to get a refill, they were like, yeah, no. And then my doctor's away and the locum doesn't know me. Oh, so yeah. she won't call in a prescription. So I can't see anybody until the 14th. So I'm without that medication. Um, but I feel like I'm going to be okay. Like I have my other ADHD medication. I hope it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like, I'm trying, I I know what you feel though, but like nothing feels important. Like part of what like was really cool about staying at my sister's, but also very unsettling is that their house is literally right next to the town graveyard. So Mm. it's like this, like immediate in your face reminder, our bedroom overlooked the graveyard. Like it was, we walked around, it was the graveyard and it was just like, we are so temporary, like just like this whole feeling of just like, well, no one gets off this ride alive. And I don't know, there was a funeral at one point. And I was like, okay. And I, you know, it got Osvaldo and I talking about like, well, we should maybe put some things on paper if anything to happen. I got to make sure you have all my passwords to my accounts, just like strange stuff. And I was like, wow, that's like intense. I mean, I've thought a lot about death over the last two years because there's been so much like mass death happening with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the heat dome last year really got me started on that as well. And then we're coming up on another possible one. So yeah, I feel you that it's just like the things that we're kind of conditioned to believe are so urgent, like emails and like digital communication, having a fucking personal brand, all that stuff. <laughs> it just doesn't feel very urgent to me right now. It's just like what, yep. what feels urgent is like getting enough sleep, eating properly, getting outside. Now that we've got this little being to take care of, like making sure <laughs> she doesn't die on us, you know, just like stuff like that. Like, um, so yeah, I feel you. And and I don't even know if that's like a depression thing for me specifically, but it is kind of like my priorities are, are being um, called into question and they're shifting, you know? Right. And like, I do have this part-time job I'm really thrilled to have with the adult ADHD clinic, but I live in constant anxiety because of my former job that I'm going to lose it. Sure. Like every time I don't hear from him for two days, I'm like, that's it, I'm fired. Like I just, I have this like awful feeling in my stomach and and then every thursday when we have our meeting i'm reassured and then i get back to work and everything's fine right strange it's a strange time to be alive i tell you like and to try to work you know yeah well you know i feel like our brains are always working overtime with that kind of rsd hypervigilance for like is something going wrong is the other shoe about to drop Mm -hmm. um and again i feel like 
the loneliness of the last two years and not mm. not being around people in person to be able to kind of get a better read on them. Yeah, it, it, it's only exacerbated that stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, and how about like work-wise? Because I did see you say you had a couple really good things happen like two weeks ago. Do you want to talk about any of those? I think that was on Twitter you mentioned that. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I definitely tweeted about having a good day. Uh, I was, I was teaching then, I think those two mm. days in a row, I was teaching improv in high school. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. I love being around kids and, um, yeah. And, and, you know, getting paid to do, uh, uh my favorite thing, which is to act like a big goofball. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, and, and again, those are, those are, there, there are things like that, that I kind of, you know what, actually, I know what it is, 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 mm. um, I'm really having to fucking, sorry, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to fucking cry here, but it's, it's okay. just, I'm, I'm really having to grasp hard onto, um, the things to kind of like keep going forward in the next little bit, just those little kind of mm -hmm. temporary things to, to look forward to because, um, you know, part of it is. I feel like there's there's kind of an absence of meaning, um, I guess, is like the biggest yeah. thing for me. And then the loneliness is just compounding that so much because I'm just, mm -hmm. you know, I get I get so much of my energy and my um, I guess my sense of my own value even from what I do for other people and just yeah. not not having been around people as much as I would like and, and getting a chance to just, you know, um, as corny as it sounds, serves the serve the world in the way that works best for me. I just haven't been able to do that, um, mm -hmm. and so yeah, and so I've just have had to grab on really tight to like these little things that are a week out, a month out, six months out as just like okay, this is something to look forward to. This is something that's going to be cool, and so you know, like mm -hmm. I had. Um, I guess I can talk about it a little bit now without getting into the specifics, but um, uh, mid. May, I had um, my shoot. Uh, I, I did a shoot, this thing I was alluding to a while ago. Mm. Uh, I did a segment with um, uh, CBC Marketplace that'll be coming out mm. in the fall sometime. And so that was like my my big thing to look forward to for a while. And now that's done. And so mm. I've got like, you know, I was looking forward to, to teaching. And so I've got, I had that to hang on to. And now we've got... Um, uh, the last show, I've got the end of my improv season coming up uh, this weekend, so I've got that to hang on to. And then I've yeah. got, you know, uh, whatever that is, October, November, maybe when this segment comes out, I've got that. You know, mm -hmm. I've got, got little kind of things that are that are around to kind of like see as a, as a you know, a, a signpost or whatever or something to kind of look forward to. Um, but yeah, like, like finding the kind of day-to-day quote unquote reasons to keep going is just, it's, it's, I'm finding it very difficult right now. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel you. Um, there, that, that, like, even when you say that, like there's so many good things happening there, you know, like sure. with the improv teaching and, um, also you're doing other podcasts too, like super niche specific podcasts. Like when I see you tweet about <laughs> them, I'm like, how does he know this shit? Like, you know, so much about like music and, um, 
and talk a little bit about that if you want to, like the other podcast. Oh, sure. No, yeah, again, that, that stuff is very fun. Um, so I've, I've posted about it before on, on our account on Twitter, but um, I've been doing a monthly segment with uh, a show called the Zeitgeist Lab, mm-hmm. uh, which is, so there are a couple of Americans and basically once a month I come on and tell them about something from Canada that they probably haven't heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, and I was on my friend uh, Lexi's uh, video game podcast recently, which was a lot of fun. And I'll tie back into that uh, when we get to our question bag later today. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna be bringing my other show back, uh, uh, Infinite Horizons Radio, at nice. some point in the very near future, too. Uh, so hoping to get that off uh, uh, out of the cooler uh, sometime this month. So, mm. and again, that's like, you know... Um, well, here's so here's a nice one from actually just this morning. Uh, I back in 2020, fall 2020, wrote a piece about um, uh, fashion television and um, one of their producers, Nan Devitt, who had done a kind of like uh, a conference online recently, ju- just talking about her time with that, and that was really interesting. And yeah, and I got a really nice message from her, um, you know, saying that she really appreciated the article and, you know, letting me know that she's got all these things in the pipeline and that she'd be happy to talk to me down the road about that. And so, mm. you know, it's just, it's, it's nice to, to get that, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's very easy to forget about that kind of stuff when that's such a small portion of my day. And then like, honestly, yeah, like it, it fucking, it sucks, but like, like I'm, I'm really only kind of grasping in the last couple of weeks that, being on my own as much of it as it, as I am is, is hurting me more than I kind of, I think I'm acknowledging and oh, I just okay. need to fucking be around people more. Cause I'm, I'm just isolated and yeah. it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this, this, these last two years too, I think a lot of people have just kind of like gone inward. Um, yeah. And it's, it's sometimes it's harder to reconnect uh, and people maybe don't feel safe or whatever, you know. I mean, I'm hoping the weather is kind of like mild enough in Calgary that you could do some outdoor stuff with people if they be. Yeah, no, and it's it's nice. Uh, it's a little bit windy, but you know, again, they, they, there there are very very small things that are are nice and and are happy and things to kind of point to as signposts, like. I got uh, I got a free hammock last Ooh. week uh, from from someone who was getting rid of it because their bat can't take it anymore, and it's super nice. It's not like a net. It's one of those real nice like the canvas uh, uh, stretched with the mm-hmm. you know the the wooden rods supporting the ends and blah blah blah. And it fits perfectly on my little balcony on my deck here, and so nice. yeah, you know, it's like that's that that's a uh, uh, a very you know, that, that, that took about 40 minutes of my time to drive there and back. Uh, but otherwise, that's like a totally awesome little, yeah, just, just, just a very nice, easy quality of life thing um, mm-hmm. that, that has been very, yeah, it's great. <laughs> but, you know, there's just, yeah, it, it, it's easy to lose sight of those, those little things. So Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and like our, when, when the depression's there, too, it's just so fucking hard to like... And, and the last thing you need is like, you know, false positivity or, you know, like, sure. just like turn that round upside down. <laughs> just like, <laughs> let me punch you in the neck. Let me just punch <laughs> you in the neck. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying not to do that, too. Like, you know, as your friend to just say, hey, like I'm acknowledging that there's all these great things, but like the pain is real and it needs to it needs to be felt. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's OK to like want to be around people more. Fuck. 
Like, yeah, and um, you know, and, and so that that's I guess I guess that that's more of an internal struggle for me about like I still have managed to avoid COVID this whole time, yeah. uh, uh, two years into it, um, and so yeah, so I'm 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 hoping to keep up that streak, mm-hmm. but like I said, I I I recognize that I just. Yeah, I, I need I need to see people more. <laughs> like it's just it's unfortunately a non-negotiable. So I have to figure out ways to do that that can also keep me safe. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the weather's warmer outside is usually pretty good. You know, mask up if you can. And mm-hmm. yeah, don't go to any like spas where there's like strange random people. You know what? The <laughs> steam room was a bad idea. That's like that, well, that's, that was probably like a COVID factory in there. I wasn't even thinking. I was like, oh, this is so relaxing. And then like you get out and they have these like little cooling tubs. So you like go into cold water right away and it's totally amazing yeah. for your vagus nerve, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And at first I was like, I don't think I can do this. And then I got in and I was like, I feel fucking wicked. <laughs> I felt so good after that. Um but yeah, don't, I wouldn't be suggesting any steam rooms or anything. I still feel like my voice is a little bit weird, so whatever. But well, I don't hear it. Okay. Um, um, yeah. But on the, on the steam room note, real quick, um, that it was funny you should say that because that that has been something that I have uh, been missing so 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 much uh, since the pandemic is mm. is steam rooms I can take or leave, but specifically a dry sauna mm. is like one of my favorite things in the universe. And kind of same thing, I have just been like, how can I possibly do this right now? Um, but uh, when my dad was in town a while ago, um, I actually did uh, uh, decide to indulge myself. And so he and I went. So mm. we went on like a, t- a Tuesday first thing in the morning or something. So we were it was basically the two of us and two staff and two other people. And that was kind of it. And, you know, that that was fine. I still was very. I was reserved about doing it, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm glad I did because it's it's one of my favorite things. So um, I'm I'm hoping to, yeah, you know, like if I can if I can figure out ways to kind of do stuff that I like and see people in a way that that's that's safe, mm-hmm. uh, then great. But you know, just gotta yeah, gotta be uh, vigilant about that stuff. So yeah, the vigilance yeah. thing because I, I know I kind of let my guard down a little bit, and I think a lot of people have, and that's just. I mean, Osvaldo's pretty sure he got it in Buffalo because he said, like, at the opening of his show, somebody was talking to him so close that he could really, like, he could feel the guy's air, and he was like, "I think that's probably." And I was, right. and then you know, we had to get on a train after, and like, think you know, and my sister and her husband were just coming back from Paris, and she said she was pretty sure she was carrying it because a lot of people weren't wearing masks there, and like. And now everybody's just like, yay, we can travel again. And, you know, just zipping around the world, just like making sure this thing keeps circulating. And granted, it's supposed to be milder now. I mean, I don't feel like any part of that was mild, but, you know, it it all hits everybody differently. Um, Sure. And people who are immune compromised, um, you know, you just got to be extra careful. So I don't wish it for you. I hope you can avoid it. I hope you can be one of the unicorns that doesn't get it. I hope so too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. So that was the other <clears> thing <throat> I did do. Um, I did allow myself one night out a while ago too. Uh, a few Sundays ago, um, mm-hmm. this uh, this DJ and producer that I really like was coming through, and I haven't been out dancing since uh, March 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went out and did that, uh, and honestly, I I was surprised. Um, I, I didn't expect there to be a lot of mask 
masked people, but I didn't expect to be the only one either. That was that was very 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 surprising to me. You were the only and one a, wearing a mask. The the only one. I was, I was at, well, at least that I saw. Uh, I was at Commonwealth, um, mm. and you know, great venue, high ceilings. So that was part of why I I made the decision to go is because I was like, well. Given the size of the room and the relative turnout for this show on like a, a Tuesday night or whatever it was, like it's not going to be that crazy. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, it, it's it's surprising to me because a big part of of in pre COVID time, I feel like going to dance music events, going to like the Hi Fi or going to something like that, these places where they do those shows, it was very common to see masks and or bandanas and stuff being worn around the face at these things already. Mm -hmm. I think partly as a fashion accessory thing and partly as just a keeping safe because you are in close proximity to so many people, you know, the way that mm. some people would wear masks on the train before any of the COVID stuff yeah. happened. Um, it was just kind of a similar thing. Like, well, I'm going to go out, I'm going to be around a bunch of people. I'll put a mask on. <clears throat> And so, yeah, that's, it's just, it was very, very strange to me that, and again, I'm, I'm a relative tourist to this stuff, but I feel like there was some presence of an acceptance of this kind of idea of face coverings in these sorts of scenarios already. And so that was why it was, it was very surprising to me to see mm. uh, uh, almost no one else wearing one. Um, so, yeah, uh, but, you know, I came out of that. Uh, I had a good time. I went and danced and I didn't get COVID. Mm. Um, so, you know, I've, I've, uh, I'm, I'm hanging my dancing shoes up for a little bit because uh, I'm not going to keep trying my luck. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was glad I did it. Um, you know, had a, had a nice night, saw some friends. And, yeah, I mean, those are... I, I just need to be doing more of that kind of stuff, unfortunately. Yeah. And figure out a way to keep myself safe doing it. So, Do they have, and uh, what is this that called? It's like um, outdoor dance parties, like where it's all the same DJ, you're all wearing headphones? Sure. Yeah, yeah. like a silent rave? Yeah, I guess I, maybe that's one of the names for it. There was I saw it in a movie not that long ago based in Vancouver, and I'm sure it's not a Vancouver mm -hmm. thing specifically, but maybe they have stuff like that, like where it's outside. Yeah, I've definitely seen, uh, I remember actually, again, early days of the pandemic, uh, the second the weather improved, seeing a bunch of invites for that kind of stuff, people doing these. Uh, yeah, so so if people don't know, basically, um, the idea is you bring a set of headphones and uh, uh, tune into a common sound source, whether that's someone streaming a show on an app or, you know, you could actually broadcast it locally on like a transmitter or whatever. But um, yeah. And so basically everyone is hearing the same music and dancing together, but there is no, uh, external sound source. There's not like a big mm. set of speakers. So it looks very, very, very funny uh, to people who do not have their headphones in to see all of these people dancing to something that the rest of us aren't hearing. So yeah, I just, I love the genius of that. I just think it's such a great, it's idea. very cool. And it's so good for mm -hmm. like introverts. And it's so great for somebody like me. Cause I've really started to understand how sensitive I am to sound and to oh somebody's tail is wagging so I hope that doesn't make the microphone do something. She just oh that's mine sorry. No it's down here she's going tuk, tuk, tuk. my desk is anyway so um yeah uh, the trip made me realize a I don't travel well mm. I used to I don't anymore <laughs> I don't do well in strange environments where I can't control everything I don't like a lot of loud noise I don't like a lot of strange people and. I do like dancing, but I couldn't, I mean, I'm older now, right? So I don't have the, I got to be in bed by 930 or nobody's okay. So I can't really go to shows or anything like that. But um, I love that idea of like, 
you're controlling the volume because it's your headphones and then mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to interact all that much with other people if you don't want to. You can just like vibe yep. on the music. Um, yeah, I'd be into that. But yeah, it would be a matter of like, if it was like a matinee. God, I'm so old now. It's like if it's if it's not a matinee or whatever, like I can't. I've, I've also realized during the pandemic, film festivals are now off the mm-hmm. menu for me because I understand how vital captions are. And how much I've missed when I didn't have them. Mm. So I was always trying to piece things together if I go to see a film, especially if there was a lot of low talking or a lot of loud noises would be stressful. But now I'm like, oh, I can actually, I actually know everything that's going on because there's captions. So both like both the hearing loss and the the sensory processing, my needs are met. Mm-hmm. So nice. I mean, if I were to be able to go to a film festival and I could stream something directly and then have captions, I'd be okay. But I don't see anybody doing that, um, or at least I haven't heard about it. So it's kind of like, right. and I don't, I don't want to be in a theater with a bunch of people. Plus, like, my bladder's the size of a pea. I usually have to get up and like, <laughs> go to the bathroom every, like, hour at least. So it's like, and sometimes people just remind me that it's like, oh, that's not normal that you have to go all the time. Right. Oh, <laughs> the way I'm built, so... It's all good. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of things have, have this trip kind of illuminated a lot of things for me in terms of like what my boundaries are and like what I can, mm-hmm. what I can handle and what I can't and crowds are just, I can't like right. even the airport. I was like, Ew, <laughs> stop, don't, what are you doing? You're right behind me. No, like in the, in the security checkpoints. Cause everything's so bananas right now. Cause they're short staffed and everybody wants to get on a plane. <sighs> Because um, I was traveling by myself on the way to Montreal. And so I got there mm-hmm. literally three hours early because they said to do that, even though it was a domestic flight. Um, and there was a woman like right behind me. And I was like, I can fucking feel your breath. What's wrong with you? Like you're wearing a mask, but I can still feel your breath. Stop it. And there's big right. signs everywhere. Keep your distance. And people are like tick, 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 on their phones complaining. I don't know what they're doing, but they're just not doing that distance thing. And I understand, you know, it's supposed to be like time to get back to things, but it's really not like, and we're all going at our own pace and like, I'm not comfortable yet being around a bunch of strange people. And I'm still carrying this guilt of thinking, fuck, what if I infected everybody on that plane? Like, and I don't know, it's just like, it's a lot, you know? Um, Yeah. I, I wish they would keep the thing at grocery stores where you have to keep your distance. They kind of, they're slowly stopping that. And I'm like, no. Because before the pandemic, grocery shopping was so stressful for me because I would be like, I'm <laughs> fucking paying. Can you give me a minute, dude? Like, I would, that right. would just drive me nuts when people get up behind me like that. Um, but I'm doing less of that now. I'm going to the market less frequently and um, trying to order online a little bit here and there. I mean, I quarantined for the first week and I've been going out with a mask in the hallway. Um, and more often now because of Chula, but... Yeah, and it's, I don't know, this thing. This thing has definitely, and I don't want to go into this too much of a philosophical tirade about it, but the pandemic has really kind of revealed how many assholes there are among us who just don't care about other people. Um, And that's that's frustrating. Anyway, do you want to talk about your road rage thing or do you want to talk about something else? No, uh, well, I think think that 
I want to save that for when we can do an actual episode, just because you've got your book. Um, we talked to one of our previous guests um, who said that they would be interested in coming back for that one. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I, I feel like we've got more material. I don't want to just uh, uh, throw it away here. So. Okay, that's fair. Um, but uh, uh, I was going to say, though... Mm. Um, on the subject, you, you were talking about, like, you know, not only having trouble kind of being around crowds, but you were saying you don't do that kind of stuff anymore because it starts too late. Um, so, again, these these are the sorts of things that I'm factoring in for myself where, like, I... I so for two reasons, I didn't leave my house until, I think, 1130 that night uh, because, A... I, you know, as much as as fun as it would have been to do the whole night and see the openers and everything, I just, I had to do this kind of risk reward thing of like, mm. I want to limit the possibility of exposure while also getting what I wanted to out of the evening. Mm. So I just went to go see the headliner. Um, and then, um, yeah. And then, so it just like, I just had a nap before and that's, <laughs> you know, I, so, so I just, that, that's, Long before now, that has always been my pattern for these kind of things, because I also can't stay out. Uh, uh, I can't stay up late or anything. So that would be like I would just sleep from like eight till 11 and then go out at 11 for like two hours to go see the last act of the night <laughs> and then come home. And that's just like Good strategy. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's it, well, it, it's a weird strategy and it doesn't work if you rely on public transit, <laughs> but it met my needs. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, naps. I wish I could take more naps. But, like, the night that Chula arrived, because there was so much trauma mm -hmm. getting her across the border, she didn't get here until, like, almost 3 in the morning. And then mm. we were supposed to go out there. My sister was going to drive us. But then I was like, I can't ask my sister. to. She started her internship at CBC the next day. I can't ask her to drive somewhere at 3 o'clock wow. in the morning. So they agreed to bring her directly to us. But she didn't get here until like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. She was distressed because she'd been on a transport sure. bus for like three days. So I didn't sleep. Like, and I couldn't sleep before because I was so worried. Like, oh my God, our dog's not going to come. And everything's, you know, <laughs> going into catastrophe thinking. Um, but yeah, like um, that has kind of like messed up my week in a bit, in a way, because like that Sunday night of not sleeping and then trying to catch up sure. for the rest of the week. Um, so yeah, uh, trying to, I did, my point was I did try to take a nap because I knew it was going to be a late night, but I didn't. I just kind of lied, yeah. lied there being anxious instead. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll see about any kind of um, evening events, maybe in the fall. Who knows? I mean, we're still going to do the OMG I Have ADHD event. That is still going to happen this fall for folks that yes, are indeed. curious. I've just had to kind of, we've just had to kind of pause a little bit while we assess like what the risks and safety and like a good venue and all that stuff. And while I kind of get more stabilized too with this little job that I'm perpetually anxious about, but that I actually really enjoy. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, betrayal brain. It's tough. Yeah. I actually had a nightmare about my old job last night for the first time in a while. And I was like, really again, but I think it's because it's actually the two year anniversary of when I officially left. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's it. So it's just coming up in my subconscious asking for a little bit of as Valdo said the other night, I was like whimpering in my sleep, and then I whimp oh. whimper when I think about that place. That's not a good. <laughs> that's not really what you want your your team to be like having like stress dreams and whimpering. <laughs> I, I I think it displays like a healthy work culture. We're a when, family. When night terrors. <laughs> night terrors. <laughs> Come work for us. You'll have night terrors. <laughs> 
<laughs> the benefits suck too, but hey, you can get braces if you want. Fuck, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, you said there were some questions. Uh, some discord questions. Yeah. you want to talk about those indeed um so yeah so so i had i had uh uh, uh talked about possibly doing a mini sode with some of this stuff um mm-hmm. and then unfortunately my friend passed away and i just was not fucking in the headspace for it of course uh but the upside of that is that uh, uh these questions that have been literally sitting around in our discord for months now uh finally have a chance to get answered by both of us so um uh yeah i'll just uh, i'll kind of rope through here um so again uh how do you get access to this discord you the listener wonder mm. well you can check out patreon.com slash holy shit i have adhd where for as little as one dollar canadian a month you can get access to that and just about nothing extra because your money just says hey thanks for doing the show that you're already doing uh i would like to get more serious about uh, uh, bonus content down the road uh i don't know quite what that looks like though I'm, mm. I'm i'm curious kind of what people want but at any rate um uh we've got a small discord there with a few people hanging out uh, i want to get some of our old guests in there at some point but um i asked our listeners for some solicit solicitations of things that they were thinking about or wondering about and uh as soon as i find my uh, there we go. There's my notepad file. I will open it and we'll get to those. Um, so yeah, Will, who is uh, someone we've talked about a little bit on the show before, uh, uh, Yellow XJ, the the sentient Jeep. Oh yeah, um, sentient Jeep. I love that. <laughs> so Will, Will is wondering about um, career or job advice for twenty somethings without much experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, every job I've I've had, I end up quitting out of boredom. He says. Um, so did you want to start that one or, or would you like me to go first? Um, why don't you go first on this one and I'll take the next sure. one. Cause I'm not the most yeah. the best at career advice. <laughs> well, no. And that's, that's kind of what I was going to say is, is I don't, I don't know that I have much career advice. Um, partly because I've had a very, very atypical career. Um, mm-hmm. and partly because like, I kind of relate to a lot of what you're saying about like, yeah, leaving things out of boredom. It's tough. Um, mm-hmm. I really for a long time, um, floated around, uh, and especially I think after I, uh, finished college, I was like, geez, I don't know. I, I had, a bunch of jobs in the course of, of the next year or year and a half or whatever that was after that, which was very, very, very atypical for me. Mm. Um, not the sort of person that kind of bounced around. Uh, but yeah, I, I basically did though end up finding something that I was interested in, um, which was to do with kind of at first, uh, uh, photo search and metadata and that kind of stuff. Uh, and yeah, I, I enjoyed the work a lot and ended up, uh, staying in that career for a while. So mm. it was really only tangentially related to what I had uh, uh, kind of planned, quote unquote, my career to be around, which, you know, we can say how much how much planning can an ADHD <laughs> person really do anyway? But the point is, I, I went to school for journalism and I'm clearly not a journalist. Mm-hmm. I write something here and there, but that's not how I've made my bread and butter historically. Um, so, yeah, it's like I, I don't know that. If, I guess if, if you're if you've gone through some sort of training and you're limiting the scope of your focus and 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 the scope of I guess what you think that your future or your career could potentially look like to things that are related to that field, um, you know maybe just like try and expand beyond that mm-hmm. and like think about what are what are the what are not. No, not what am I trained in? Like I got trained in journalism, quote unquote. But mm-hmm. what are the skills that 
are under that umbrella. I learned to research. I learned to interview. I learned to think critically. I learned how to, mm. you know, uh, uh, write concisely and, and not always use $10 words and eight semicolons per sentence. <laughs> like I, 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 the, the, these are the sort of things I learned, mm. but those are all also skills that are transferable outwhere, uh, elsewhere. Pardon me. Um, yes. you know, uh, uh, uh if you're writing marketing copy, you need to learn concise copy and you need to learn tone and blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, learning to interview people is something that's helped me a lot with this show even. Mm. Uh, and, you know, part of that is because, you know, not, not to toot my own horn, but I'm a bit of a natural at it just because I like people. Mm. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, learning about it in a formal way and just getting the practice in has has made me a lot better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess like... I guess kind of uh, what are you interested in? Uh, mm-hmm. Just like check out all that kind of stuff and maybe even like entry level stuff, uh, uh, things that you might think are kind of quote unquote below you. I don't know. But if you're if mm. you're saying you don't have much experience, you're probably not entering with that attitude anyway, which I think is kind of mm. the best idea. So, mm. um, yeah. yeah. Did you have any other thoughts on that? Um, my only add on would be to just know your value, even though you're young, um, that that's actually a real asset for a lot of organizations. Right. A lot of organizations are actually quite ageist. They want more youthful people that they can Absolutely. mold into their vision of what they want, right? So, D- Did you say exploit? Yeah, exploit is a much better word, yeah. <laughs> um, so just just know that you know volunteering your time for something that's actually making somebody money is is downright exploitation, so don't let them do that to you. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, if it, if it kind of lights you up a little bit. But your job doesn't have to be the sexiest thing in the world either. If it's helping you keep a roof over your head and pay your bills... And, and it's not hurting your feelings and people aren't contacting you relentlessly all hours of the day and night, then that's okay too. <laughs> um, and it's okay mm-hmm. to be a bit bored at work. Like, in fact, I, I, I kind of like relish that idea these days, you know, I'd like to be a little bit bored, like, Oh, I'm just going to write this thing, you know, and just like do it and then get on with my life and not have, have it like, um, dominating my thoughts. So yeah, right. you've, you've got your whole life ahead of you. And the, the thing, the days of like the linear predictive career path, I think are kind of way behind us. Like, I think, I don't know anybody who's just worked at the same place. Like Jordan, like you said, you were an exception. You worked at that place for a long time because it just like suited so many of your, of your traits. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But that is rare. And um, so, yeah, just don't feel bad if you're, if you're getting bored and moving on to the next thing. Fuck them. It's just a job. At the end of the day, it just pay, it helps you to yep. helps you to stay alive, and you know I hope for somewhere good that they respect you and pay you well. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Will's Will's got a couple more here. Um, he's wondering about healthy and ADHD friendly hobbies. He says I always fall into the trap of expensive money pit mm-hmm. hobbies like my Jeep or massive time sink hobbies like World of Warcraft. <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to play off that last one for a sec. Um, so as I mentioned uh, earlier in the episode, I did my friend uh, Lexi's podcast um, uh, uh, Dork Matters, uh, and we talked about the the video games that we love to hate, as in things that we uh, have played a lot and also make us 
enormously frustrated and angry at times. Mm. And yeah, I I lost. Well, I don't know if I would say that I, I I'm, I'm talking about it like it's a like like it's a heroin addiction <laughs> or something. I lost I lost years of my life to World of Warcraft. <laughs> but no, but in all seriousness, um, I, I tell the story on that show uh, of how of, of there was there was a sort of catalyzing incident that made me decide that I w- didn't want to play this game anymore. Mm. Uh, so check that out uh, if you want to hear that. But um, yeah, I, I, I totally relate to this, like, like 10,000%. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I, I can directly relate with the, the World of Warcraft thing, those kind of time sync things. Mm-hmm. But the money, the money hobby thing, oh my God, I know exactly what you're talking about. This is something that like... I used to think of as a very kind of male trait, um, but, you know, understanding myself as ADHD, understanding some more of my friends as, as you know, people who fit that same lens, um, I feel like it's a lot more to do with kind of like neurodivergence, but that that if you are a person with disposable income and a person that also very easily gets hyper fixated on things and like sudden different kind of interests or hobbies, it is so hard not to fall into that trap mm-hmm. of just like, you know, um, like I can't, you know, like p- pick an example and I've spent too much money on it. Like I, I have spent too much money on on uh, uh, VSTs and stuff in in Ableton that I haven't used. I spent so much money on you know uh, uh, clothes that I haven't worn mm. or books that I haven't read or D and D miniatures that I never played with or any <laughs> of this kind of stuff. And and a lot of that is because you know you you discover something that is interesting and um, yeah and and that, and that becomes your kind of hyper focus and there's kind of the, the, the there's hobbies that require like a time investment uh, or, or you're kind of like building a skill or whatever. And then there's kind of others that um, maybe that they're more in the mold of like collecting mm. where there is, there is an element of like learning about it and there's a culture and there's like an interesting thing to it, but you're not necessarily participating in something or, or, or interacting in a culture, it's kind of more about like, Hey, look at this thing that I bought. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so to, to that point, um, I used to be a voracious record collector. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's something that I got from my dad who has, I think at one point he had over 20,000 LPs wow. plus 45s and all this kind of stuff. My collection was at its largest three, 4,000 maybe. So still way too many, but uh, not on that level. Um, but yeah, so there was, there was this one day where basically, I, so I, I had been working on this one collection for this one band that I loved. Uh, and they have literally hundreds of releases stretching back to the early nineties. Mm. And so, you know, I had, I had spent not that much money, but certainly a lot of time uh, trying to complete that collection. And, and so, you know, like I was, so, so the last thing I had to do at one point was track down the different compilations that they appeared on. So, you know, if they had a song on a soundtrack here or like this, this various artists album or whatever. Um, so I, I finally finished that. And like the, my, the one piece that I needed to complete my collection came in and I was just like, holy shit, I did it. And mm. then I was just like, 
<laughs> what do I do with this now? Like, I, yeah. I have heard all of these songs hundreds of times. I'm probably never going to actually, like, drop the needle on any of these records because I listened to them so many times as a teenager that I basically never need to hear this stuff again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, and then it, it just it was just the strangest thing because, like, I I did the thing that I had set out to do and I had never felt so empty in my life. Yeah. Um, whereas... Uh, as, as crazy as it sounds, you know, um, (laughs) I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I feel like there was almost more of a sense of accomplishment with the wow stuff Mm. because you did sometimes have to try the same part of the game a bunch of different times before everybody did the thing correctly and you got the boss down or whatever there's there is an element of like skill building and practice there Mm. um you can argue that kind of depending on how how you collect if you're like a purist about things and you're like i'm gonna collect things but but ebay isn't allowed i have to (laughs) strictly hang out at garage sales or whatever like okay you're adding a kind of challenge element to yourself Mm. um but yeah like like yeah uh, hobbies where you can basically if, if if you're quote unquote getting better at the hobby or like more into the hobby solely by virtue of, of, of buying stuff, take a step back from that and like, mm-hmm. okay, what am I doing here? Uh, and, and how many more, how, how many times have I done this already? At least for me personally, like dozens and dozens of dozens, dozens. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a lot in that. But the thing that I really want to add is that you don't have to monetize your hobbies and you don't have to be excellent at them. They're hobbies. Mm. They're supposed to bring you yes. joy. It's supposed to be fun. And you're not necessarily supposed to invest like a whole bunch of money like in doing that. Um, but, you know, any organization that is asking for money from you for a, for a hobby is, is profiting. So yay them, I sure. guess. But like if it's putting you in financial peril, like don't do that. Um, and even my, my older <laughs> sister has like a gaming like collective that she's part of. And she talks about that. Like the people, the people that are at the top are the ones that have the time and the money because you have to buy all these tokens or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, no, mm. like that's not a hobby. Like right. you're actually paying to play something. And yet they get all your attention and time and money. I don't get it. Like, it just like to me, that doesn't make any sense. Like, and I've never played any online games because I can't connect with them. Um, but I understand like why, why, like what you're describing about you're doing this collective thing together and you're figuring things out and there's a big reward in that, but that's never, that's mm-hmm. never done a shit for me. I mean, and I mean, right. I've always had so many different things that I've started and stopped and started and stopped. And that's definitely an ADHD thing, but I will say like starting the plant, getting into plants at the beginning of the pandemic has mm, brought me mm. so much joy. Like we have close to 50 plants nice. now and I love the little plant dudes. Um, and sometimes I fuck up and sometimes they don't make it, but I'm, I, I've been propagating Monseras and like, shit, those things are prolific, like Corona. And that is joy. And it doesn't and like, it doesn't have to be perfect. I don't have to monetize. I don't have to sell them. I don't have to do anything. It's just something that gives me great pleasure. So to me, that's the essence of a hobby. It's like something that you can do and it, it's fun for you and you're learning and it's giving you delight. Um, and whatever that hobby is, that's like, yeah, it does. You don't have to monetize it or scale it or any shit. You just have fun. Have some fun. I think that's yeah. That that's a totally excellent point. And um, yeah, I, I think that that taking care of plants and gardening is a really really great hobby mm-hmm. uh, for anyone to try out and see if they like. Uh, again, I'm I've I've only really kind of 
uh, gotten into taking care of houseplants and stuff uh, in the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I, I've definitely got an outsized amount of joy. Uh, I mm-hmm. bought plants not because I was interested in taking care of plants, but because I was like, my place is pretty bare. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I should have a plant around or something. Um, and, and so, yeah. And so I bought a few things, uh, but yes, uh, yeah, you know, before, uh, two months ago, I had never propagated anything or tried any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, this, this pothos that I got that was very, very small is now four pothos mm-hmm. and two more over at my friend's house. And so, you know, like, um, yeah, just kind of like, learning about that stuff and, and yeah, and getting to take care of the plants. Um, and honestly, the thing that I like the most about it is it serves as, it serves as a weird kind of, um, I guess like a kind of a clock, uh, uh, you know, like, Mm. so, so you, you, you would never necessarily, use a sundial as like your active way of telling time. Like you're never going to like, Oh gee, I wonder when, uh, when the football game is on, I'd better run down the hill and hope <laughs> that it's bright enough that I can like read my sundial. <laughs> so, you know, a sundial is useless then, right? Why would you have one? Mm. And it's like, well, because it's pretty and because it kind of makes you think about time passing in a different way. You know, it's not mm. a purely abstraction on your wrist. It's related to, the movement of the sun and that's the movement of earth and space and all that kind of stuff. And it makes you, I guess, I guess feel a little bit more connected to the natural world. And in some ways, my few little house plants are kind of like that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an episode a while back where I was talking about how I kept hearing this like rubbery squeaking sound and oh, it was yeah, one of the plants, yeah. uh, one of the leaves uh, kind of opening yeah. and unfurling. And yeah, I noticed a uh, couple weeks ago on my snake plant um, that there was like a tiny little bud poking out of the soil uh, beside the main one. So I was like, oh, cool, it's growing a new one. And then when I went to go water them yesterday, um, it was like way bigger. And it was just like, oh, I just didn't even notice how much this thing had grown, even in the course of two weeks. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just it's just kind of kind of, I guess, I guess a different way for me to be aware of, of time passing uh, around me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's been helpful just because of how much time I've been alone. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think that's a really good insight. But they do, they do actually remind you that time is passing and they will let you know if it's been a while since you've given them any water or attention. They're pretty good for that too. <laughs> they just start dying. Um, and mm-hmm. if you overwater them, <laughs> Like sometimes I kind of jokingly call Oswaldo a helicopter plant parent because I'm like, no, no, no. You, like, and I was doing it too. I, was, I overwatered this uh, Gloria of India plant and half of it died, but I rescued some of it. And, and that's the other thing about, that I like about it. Yeah, they, it lets you know about passage of time, but it also teaches you to pay attention, like, mm-hmm. like in a really specific way. It's like you put your hand in the soil and it's like, oh, this is, this is moist. <laughs> oh, there's that word, moist. Um, or it's not, or it's dry, or whatever, or the roots don't feel right. Like, they'll, yeah. they'll tell you. Um, and I like that. And especially, you know, we haven't had any luck in terms of weather this year. It's just been a raining. Vancouver, I've never seen it like this. We've had so much rain. Um, and so, like, all the little plants on the balcony are like, eh. Like, they're all, like, not doing okay. Um, but it is kind of, it, that's kind of teaching me acceptance. Like, there's things I can't control. And I like that about it too. It's like I can't control how much sun. I could buy one of those lamps inside, and I probably will. But um, yeah, it kind of teaches you to just be patient and maybe wait, which I'm not good at. I hate that. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, you know, plants are a real joy too. Um, mm -hmm. What other questions do we have? I know we're kind of getting close to an hour here. And well, if if you're okay going a little bit long, we still have a few more. Uh, I feel like we could probably get another fifteen twenty out of this. Okay, sure. She's going to have to go out pretty soon, but yeah, I think we could do fifteen minutes. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, so I'm going to skip one of Will's then just for time's sake. Mm -hmm. uh, but the last one he's wondering, I thought was kind of funny. Uh, were either of you told variations of sit down and shut up throughout your childhood? And if so, has that changed who you are as an adult? Oh, God. Okay, so I may have shared this on the podcast before. But when I was, I believe in the first grade, we had a teacher that everyone collectively called Mrs. Crabapple. She was not a kind woman. <laughs> Um, but she used to physically pick me up and stuff me into the garbage can when I was um, being a little too excited, which is abuse. Oh my this is God. abuse. Well, we yeah. know this. Um, that, that's pretty clear cut. Pretty clear cut. Um, and I think at one point it had something to do with chewing gum or something that she she threw the chewing gum in the garbage and then put me like butt first into the garbage can. I wasn't even mm -hmm. standing in it. She like shoved me in it. Um, wow. so yes, that's like one way of saying, um, uh, sit down and shut up, sit down and shut um, up. <laughs> and it happened, it happened at home, but a, a lot at school, like I just, when I got excited, it was really hard for me to stop. And like, you know, I would see my peers being able to do that, but then what would happen is my feelings would get so hurt by getting screamed at by a teacher that I would completely shut down. So I wasn't just being docile. I was completely disassociated from my body. So um, this is, and this is something, I mean, because I'm a bit older, like some teachers would still do the thing with the ruler where you get like a wrap on the knuckles or oh, yeah, um, yeah. we had like these old wooden desks and they would make us all sit with our head down on the desk mm -hmm. like this. Um, and that was supposed to be calming down time, but that was like, I would either fall asleep or just completely dissociate. Um, right. So, yeah. And it, it's funny because in early in childhood, too, I was an advanced reader. Like my mom said, I was reading by the, like at three and I was comprehending and I was I was a pretty smart kid. Um, but there were teachers at that school who said I, they were giving me C's and bad grades. And it wasn't because I didn't comprehend the content. It's because I wasn't behaving in a way that they saw fit. Um, so yes, that's my answer to that. Um, and honestly, if teachers or, or anybody in your life is telling you to shut up and sit down, they're kind of being an asshole because like, unless it's like absolutely important that everybody be quiet. I mean, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't go too far into that, but people should just be kinder. Um, is my, is my point. And teachers can't get away with the same shit they did in the seventies. <laughs> that's for sure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you won't you won't find an argument here. Um, <laughs> so I, I was not I did not personally hear that at home. Uh, my parents were always quite supportive. Um, I didn't hear it so much at school in a kind of direct way, but in like an implied way. I've, I've talked about before on the show how uh, uh, one of my teachers uh, uh, referred to me once as the fountain of useless knowledge. No. Uh, that one stuck with me. Ouch. And so that is that is not that is not an outright shut up, but it's definitely an implied uh, uh, you have nothing interesting to, stay, to say, uh, to say, you little precocious piece of shit. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, you know, I, I but yeah, um, honestly, that it, it's funny because like there's there's such a weird tension between like um you know 
who we are, uh, for lack of a better word, biologically, neurologically, whatever, as as ADHDers, you know, we're always wanting to kind of like pipe up and, and, and pep up and like say the thing or whatever. But then, yeah, like you get if, if you get punished for that repeatedly as a kid, you're going to learn. Well, at least at least the people who are punishing you hope that you're going to learn uh, uh, what are like the appropriate things to talk about and the appropriate times to talk about them and the appropriate people to talk about them to. Mm. But you're, you're never going to fully like, like try as they may, they're never going to fully extinguish that flame of just like wanting to chime in and like add something because like, you know, something about this. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, I think that as in, in my kind of teenage years, uh, let's say junior high through to like, grade 11, I guess, maybe. Um, yeah, I was like, I was much more sullen. Uh, mm. uh, and, and a lot of that was because I took that to heart. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I should shut up because no one likes me. So, uh, I guess all these people are onto something, mm-hmm. uh, and I should just, you know, uh, neither be seen nor heard. Um, but then, you know, uh, uh, later on, um, when I got into high school, I started doing improv, um, things like that. And it was just like, Oh, now I'm being rewarded all of a sudden for mm. knowing a little mm. bit about a lot of things and always wanting to chime in and add my two cents and blah, blah, blah. And so I just had to kind of find a place that, 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 that you know, um, supported that part of me. Mm. Uh, and so then, yeah, so then in high school, my attitude about that stuff drastically changed. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, since then, for better and worse in my schooling, in my career, in every facet of my life, it's just kind of been like, uh, uh, this is who I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm smart and I talk a lot and uh, you can either like it or lump it. And that's, that's ju- if you lump it, that is just mm-hmm. fine. There are a lot of people in the world, so I'll hang out with them. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, one from Thomas here. Uh, he says, sometime I'd like to hear more about the, diff- the different ways ADHDers relax. And he's put that in finger quotes. Uh, he says, for me, I feel relaxed or happy when I have a fun challenge in front of me, uh, like a work project that's flowing, a good book or audiobook or podcast, being on a trip, laying in bed with music going. Mm. Uh, he says, his therapist talks about, doesn't your brain ever take a break? And no, I don't feel that's a realistic goal. But I do know what makes me feel relaxed relaxed, feeling like the most pressing challenges have identified next steps I don't have to think about, mm. and then something fun to focus on. Uh, so yeah, I, I relate to a lot of what Thomas is saying there. Um, again, boredom is just like, it's, it's just anathema to us as like ADHDers. Mm. And so yeah, like a lot of the ways that, that, that people think to relax, um, are I'm not going to say unattainable, but I'm I'm going to say more difficult. Uh, yeah. And I, I edited some stuff out of out of Thomas's thing here. He's talking about meditation a lot. You and I have talked about that uh, before on the show about um, my own kind of misunderstanding about what meditation means, but also mm. just the difficulty of of quote unquote not doing anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've I've talked before on the show about how I'm trying to kind of find more things to do with my hands that are mm. something I can keep busy with and relax hobbies that like. I can feel a, a sense of skill getting better, all that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I 100% relate to 
not being able to just kind of lay there and do nothing. Uh, uh, and so, you know, that's, that's, that's the one, the one flaw with this, uh, this hammock situation is that I have to have something to do while mm-hmm. I'm in it. But, uh, fortunately there's plenty of podcasts out there. So yeah, <laughs> it is so hard for me to calm down and relax. And I've been told that so many times in my life, but you know, before I was diagnosed or discovered and, um, even still to this day, like being at my sister's place in this like bucolic kind of semi farmland, beautiful. Um, when I would wake up in the morning, like after I'd have my coffee, I was like, okay, what can I do? Like I had to contribute. I had to be out in the garden. I had to be helping. I had to be doing something. It was really hard for me to just sit and be. Um, and my partner mentions that quite often. He'll be like, can you just? Because it's my brain just never stops. It's just like I'm always solving a problem or. If I'm in an anxiety spiral, I'm thinking about the catastrophe that's going to happen. Or, um, so calming for me is coming back to the plant thing. Like that is something I discovered that is so, especially getting my hands in the dirt, it has an immediate calming um, effect on me. And this is something I had completely forgotten about because when I first moved to Vancouver and I was, you know, working at a doggy daycare and I was kind of a semi-professional doggy um, sitter for a while, how soothing dogs are for me. So Mm. as Volta pointed out almost immediately since Tula has been here, like that my mood has, has lifted and that I'm calmer, like I'm just calmer. Mm. And part of that is knowing I need to be calmer for her. So she doesn't flip out, but also, yeah, she just petting the dog relaxes me. And she has taken up this little perch on our, on our couch. So when I first opened my bedroom door in the morning, she's standing with her tail wagging. And it's like the best way to start the day. It's like this, this little creature loves the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, that, that's my, those are my thoughts on being calm. But yeah, my, my mind just never stops. It's just constant. Um, even with meditation. I I realized um, when you were talking there that there's another thing that I kind of forgot about. Um, So this is an interesting one, uh, but, but, but cooking is a big one for me. Um, I love cooking. uh, And, you know, we've talked about before on the show, how like, for me, um, when I get down, the first things that go out the window are like me exercising and me, uh, uh, you know, cooking for myself and making uh, uh, quality food choices, let's say that. Mm. Um, But yeah, but those are also the things that can kind of bring you back out of it too. Right. Um, You know, like I, I, if, if, if I have a fucking shitty week and like I, I've been eating a bunch of fast food or whatever, cause I'm just depressed and I don't feel like I can cook or anything. Mm. Like when I finally get up the energy to do it, it's just like, God, that was that didn't take very long. That was so like like by an order of magnitude cheaper mm-hmm. because I generally cook vegan and I cook pretty cheap for the most part at home. Um, and yeah, and then and then just like and it just tastes a million times better and is like so much more satisfying feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that for me. I got to be trying, I got to try and be more consistent about that. Um, But I also interestingly feel like I'm almost working against myself in a way uh, doing it the way that I am, because I largely kind of do like 
big kind of bulk meal prep things. Mm. Um, you know, I'll make I'll make like a big curry or like mm. a, a chili or something like that, and then just eat it f- like like lunch and dinner for a few days in a row because I, like you know eating the same thing over and over doesn't bother me. Like that's that that's fine, um, but. I'm realizing that the sort of like relaxation or like, um, yeah, I, I guess the kind of like, yeah, the, 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 the value that I get from cooking itself, um, maybe it is since it's something that I enjoy and it's something that can be very easily integrated into my day as something that I can do not only for my own life, but also for my own kind of health because it's an activity that I enjoy Mm -hmm. and it's me working with my hands and I'm not sitting in front of the screen and blah, blah, blah. Um, You know, maybe I need to get out of the habit of making a giant curry and then eating it all week and try and cook smaller things, but do it every day just Mm -hmm. so that I'm like, doing that activity that I enjoy every day. I like day. that. Um, so that's, yeah, something I'm just kind of th- kind of thinking out loud here. Maybe I'll have to explore mm-hmm. that. <laughs> no, I think that's really good. I, cooking, c- cooking can be soothing, but I have to be in the right frame of mind for it. If I don't feel like cooking, mm-hmm. it's not happening. Right. DoorDash. <laughs> start, this is not an endorsement for DoorDash. I'm just saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, and then, so the last one here uh, from one of our new patrons, I'm pretty sure his, uh, his name is Ivan, might be Yvonne, I'm not sure, but uh, uh, he says, hi folks, um, I wanted to second the thoughts on career growth and development with ADHD, so we talked about a little of that kind of stuff with um, uh, Will's question, mm. uh, and then he says, it might be a bit of a departure for the core audience, but it would be great to have a guest on at some point who can discuss topics related both to being a parent of a child with ADHD and being diagnosed and starting treatment for ADHD themselves. Mm. And I thought that that was an excellent idea. Uh, uh, You know, um, Dominic talked a little bit on his episode about uh, being Mm. an educator with ADHD and kind of relating to kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we have not, we have not really directly explored that yet of like, what is it like being a parent with ADHD? What is it like having a kid with ADHD? What is it like being a parent with ADHD, parenting a kid yeah. with ADHD? I mean, that's- and especially when when you kind of put the second together down the road because you realize that this is what your kid yeah. is. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm wrong here, but wasn't that part of Santina's story? I think um, so. And I was kind of, yeah, I, that was ringing a bell for me too, but I couldn't remember the specifics. Yeah. But I feel like she does talk about that in her episode. Um, so yeah, you may you may want to listen to that episode with Santina because she's so great. But also, yes, um, that's something I was writing about yesterday. That's that's how a lot of that, oh, a nice. lot of adults discover their ADHD when their kids are assessed because they they look through the sure. this questionnaire and they're like, oh fuck. Um, so yeah, <laughs> we will. Um, look into that because neither of us are, um, you know, child parents. Um, you know, I'm a plant and pet parent. I don't know. That's kind of cheesy. <laughs> I don't think that's not the same. It's not the same. Chula Rooney. <laughs> anyway. Yes. We, I think that'd be great to have somebody on to talk about that for sure. It's a really great question. Um, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, uh, uh, unfortunately, we don't have anything that we can directly say our, ourselves on that subject, mm-hmm. but I do think that that's a really great idea. Thank you for bringing yeah. it up. And um, yeah, we'll definitely uh, uh, look to, to fill a slot like that, or, or at least make that a bigger part of a conversation, because um, that's, I think, definitely something that is interesting to dive into, mm-hmm. and there are probably a lot of people with that same question. Yes. So thanks for saying Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's. I think that is that is all for our our Discord mailbag. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the first one of those. That was pretty fun, that actually. That was awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're at about seventy minutes here. Uh, I don't really have anything else that I kind of wanted to touch mm-hmm. on. Uh, it was nice to catch up and and see how the last five or so weeks have been. And I'm glad to hear that you're feeling. Thanks, better. Jordan Lane. Yeah, I'm on the mend, and um, I have a full bladder and a full heart right now. <laughs> definitely be running off and then so will the dog um but yeah one thing i did want to mention that we are going to be reaching out again to uh, christy and christy is a a web developer who's creating a website called nomi n-o-m-i which is specifically for neurodiverse folks is for dating and connecting and uh, once we confirm a date Mm. with her um, and that does tie into a voice message that somebody left for us and i'm sorry i'm forgetting your name honey but you had asked for more information about dating um and maybe we'll put that in the show notes if we can remember who that is because my brain is swiss cheese yes nice Okay, well, uh, thanks again. Sorry it's been so long. Uh, uh, nice to nice nice to know you're listening. Thanks for, for waiting around for us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Sounds good. See you soon, or hear you soon, or oh my God, I gotta go to the bathroom. Okay, bye. You'll listen to us soon. <laughs> if you enjoyed Holy Shit, I Have ADHD, subscribing to and reviewing it on your podcast platform of choice helps more neurodivergent folks find us, as does following and promoting the show on social media. A full list of platforms is on our Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash holy shit I have ADHD. While you're there, why not leave us a voicemail? You can also share your thoughts on this episode or your own ADHD experiences with us at you guessed it, holy shit I have ADHD at gmail.com or via our social media pages in the episode notes. Bye for now and hyper focus on the positive.